Are you saying you faked with me? Yeah. Now you're single. What do you know about sexual relations? Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? I'm a little worried about being a slut. You're listening to the Come With Us podcast, presented by Darling Way, talking the good, the kinky, and the ugly. Here are your hosts, Beth, Aaron, and Nina. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm so glad to be with you on this sexy celebration night. We are here with Come With Us podcast. We're so glad to be coming with you. So I'm Beth from Darling Way. I'm here with Aaron and Nina. Nina. Hello. hello. So glad. So we are going to be talking about all sorts of different ways that people play and come and celebrate and love and celebrate and talk and learn. Right? What else? Rejoice. And, yeah. Touch, feel, tease, tantalize, titillate. Come again. Tempt, come again. <laughs> and again and again and again. Yeah. And all the different Thrice. ways. Yes. Yes. So, all right. We are going to get started with, let's see, current events, right? Mm-hmm. What's current in the, in the day? And let's talk about sexy, sexy, because there's politics all over. But really, there's sex and politics. But there's so much more fun and sex without politics. So, all right, who's got who's got today's who's up today with the so first So, I can start. Um and this week something that really stood out to me, um I was reading the morning news and I saw this article the other day and the title was um too much information, grandma, the elderly are the most open about their sex lives of any generation, which I thought was quite a surprising headline for a story let alone the story itself um obviously take all of these kinds of studies with a grain of salt but basically what this one said was that um 39 of those people who are age 65 in this study um would happily tell their loved ones whatever they wanted to know about their lives compared to just 20 percent of 18 to 24 year olds and 32 percent of those aged between 55 and 64. um and like a few things i think stood out for me in, in terms of this study and and just how fascinating it was um i think that it didn't the number one thing is it didn't really say who you would say this to which i thought was really interesting and that's kind of what i ended up talking to my friends about like who are these older people talking to sex about are they talking to their kids are they talking more willing to talk to older people about them um what are they talking to their grandkids or are they talking to grandkids and we kind of differentiated the fact that there's a difference between being openly able to talk about sex with your parents and having like the birds and the bees conversation because that's not really like having the birds and bees conversation with your parents is not really being able to have like a frank sex conversation with your parents and I just talked to my friend and I asked her do you remember like the first time that your parents really acknowledged to you that they were having sex like that they were openly engaging in like sexual activity and I do like I clearly can remember particularly with one of my parents when that happened and I still remember to this day when that parent acknowledged she he she he (laughs) was talking about um going to church and in church the priest at confessional asked her um him if (laughs) i'm doing a pretty bad job of that if uh that person was having open sex outside of wedlock and that person responded to me was retelling me the story yes and i remember when that when that my parents said that to me i was really surprised because it was something that was never and maybe I grew up in a little bit of a, a more like prudish household, but it was something that wasn't really acknowledged, like a frank sexual conversation with my parents. You know, I knew obviously they engaged in it, and I don't think it was something that was stopped. Particularly in my household, we were I was open to experiment pretty sexually. Like there was not a, but I don't think that it was something that was talked between parents. Now it's a little bit different as you get older. But anyways, okay. So wait, so you've just thrown a whole <laughs> heap of stuff in this yeah. pile. It's yeah. Like, wow, well, I right? like this article, but I think to connect it to something like in my own world and to the way I think about it and why I thought this article was interesting and why to me, sorry, to why to me it was, I found it. 
to be relevant. Um, okay, th- that's so, the way I connected it. But okay, so let's break down maybe a, a little bit. So the first thing is right. So that you said over over what age people are more willing so to talk? Over sixty five. Over so sixty five. Octogenarians. Years old. Okay, so they're more willing to talk about sexy. Um, and we don't know to whom because that's a very good yeah. question to whom are they speaking is is one thing but so they seem more willing to speak and I guess in some ways my take on that is that I think as we get a little older and I mean I'm closer I'm 55 so I'm much older than y'all but there I think there does seem to be for most people this idea that forget it I don't need to be constrained by what 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 I was taught or what the world expects and if I've got a thought I'm just gonna say it well that's that's how I was thinking about it is Usually, and it happens as you get older from your teens to your 20s to your 30s, every, every single time you start realizing and you're older and you go, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to say whatever I want. I'll talk about whatever. I don't care. And I, I had this conversation earlier with somebody about I'm not scared of getting older because the more I get older, the more I get to use that I don't give a fuck card. And I, I can do whatever the hell but I even want. With so I like that, but I, but I call people on this all the time because... All of us would like to say, we'd like to believe that we don't care, but I will tell you that I've yet to meet anybody at any age who truly doesn't actually care, even a tiny little bit. I think we care less and less. So I just encourage people, because again, I, I want to pre- preach like really brutal honesty with ourselves, right? So it's, I'm trying not to care. And it's easier for me to care less. As yeah. I get older, I care less and less. And yeah. I'm really trying to care not at all. That is perfect, and that I think is is very very commendable. So, yeah, I think so. And then I think as older people, right, you start going, wait, this is my life, right? And what do I want from it? Yeah. And then we start being like, okay, if you're 65, then if you want more from life and from sexy, then you better start asking and talking about it because you're running out of time. You know, we just nothing's guaranteed for any of us, but certainly we get less and less of a you know uh, risk reward ratio or something yeah as we go right yeah so yeah well i, I think, think that you're you're probably right i think you know not to misconstrue what you're saying or to like veil over it but i do think that sometimes like filter is probably like is a little bit diminished as you get older and you're more willing to maybe speak your truth and you're maybe even more confident in the person that you are and that you've had a lot of experiences and a lot of life lessons and you don't have to I think when you're younger especially specifically my age like you're still even though I think I know everything um and you do you (laughs) know everything I promise you well yeah nothing is going to take you by surprise (laughs) yeah oh trust me there are still things that (laughs) definitely take me by surprise but I do think that sometimes you are will- more. I think even being yeah. like a good 25 year old, you should be willing to step back and say like, hey, I don't know everything. I, I'm willing to maybe let someone who's older take the lead in this conversation or they may know more about this or maybe my opinion isn't the only opinion. Um, so I think yeah. that it, it's a. Uh, I think it's, it's amazing. And I'll tell you, I can't remember if I've told you all before, but, you know, I have an 85 year old client from Lubbock, Texas named Helen. And Helen is one of my all-time favorite clients because, again, she's 85 years old and she took my blowjob class. I love it. And so, and why? Because Helen told me that she's only got two regrets in life. She's got only regrets that she didn't have more sexy fun and she didn't have more parades in her life. And so she took my blowjob class. And then not only that, but then afterwards we had conversation and she told me she never even looked at her pussy. She had no idea what an anatomically it looked like versus what others would look like or where her clit was and stuff so I sent her pictures and she and her boyfriend her 80 something year old boyfriend like she told me afterwards they spent hours looking at these pictures right she was so excited and and very willing to say I don't know this so give me more information and then she called me she's like my boyfriend's got questions can he call you I was like absolutely right well yeah I mean she amazing commendable to her like I think props to her like she is and I don't know maybe the older people are more willing to talk about it but I don't know a lot of 80 year olds and that would specifically do that I think that takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot you know you are you've lived your whole life and to admit that you don't know this this maybe something that is at least like 
for younger people, something that a lot of younger people who are openly sexually practicing things that you probably maybe should have learned when you were younger or you come from a, and, and that may also be a generational thing where, you know, when I think that. Yeah. And I would only take back on the should because I mean, I guess I do think we should know more about our bodies and our sexy and stuff, but there are so many people for whom that's so not an option sure. and they're taught not so sure absolutely so whether that's the ideal or not i, I just don't want to make anybody out there feel bad that they know no no, 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 this, no, right? no that's, so that's just, not what i meant I, exactly I think right it, i know you did you just people who generally yeah. younger i'm all for advocating for safe and open you know sexual practice i think it's good it's healthy yeah. it, um, and to as know a younger more. person exactly and yeah. just to know more so i think and, there, and maybe not should, but but certainly I do advocate for right. I, being I think more e- open with your whatever I, that is. That and even if you're going to be a virgin until whatever your whole life, even if or wherever it is, information is still powerful, Absolutely. and it shouldn't be that oh you only learn if you're going to be doing this. Right? I'm totally fascinated by you know uh, gay sex and by transgender stuff, and that's not going to be I don't I don't think my ex- personal experience, but it's so interesting and learning more about it is helpful the same way learning about catholicism is helpful mm-hmm. even though i'm jewish and and vice versa so okay so learning. here i just so, finished reading the article but the survey was of 2000 uk adults and commissioned by a software company internal which allowed people to store and share their life stories digitally and then the last thing it says um meanwhile people over 65 also had fewer regrets with 44 percent saying they would do the same thing with their lives again compared to 27 percent of those in all other age groups so yeah i don't know about that one but okay but i will also go so to your point then who they're talking to i do think that it is a lot harder to speak to your kids about sex than to other people and even if you're speaking to your grandkids I know that for me, right, I've, I've got five kids and they're all adults and they, they grew up before I was really comfortable with all this, before I started this big journey I've been on um, with Darling Way and things. I messed up on such a regular basis because I didn't know how to teach them to be sort of, I wanted them to be confident and, and love their body and yet not especially for my girls, I didn't want them to think that they had to rely on their body or show them anything to get someplace. But by doing that, maybe I shamed them that way too. And I didn't mean to. And, um, but with my granddaughter, I get to just be honest and speak and know that the responsibility for the boundaries and the ethics. And, and I mean, I share my ethics and stuff, but, but the responsibility is on her parents, not on me. And that is freeing. So but I think she goes, oh, my God, Bubby, you know, oh, I Would you know. admit to your granddaughter that you had a one-night stand the night before? Oh, you mean if, like, on any given day, would I? I probably, it would have to be in context. Like, I would share it if there was some benefit to her. I wouldn't just share it as, ooh, this is just casual and something. So what about to your kids who are the, older? The same thing, because they don't really want to, they, they don't really want to know. If, if I was trying to tell him I've been so lonely, I've really, I'm, I'm not thinking clearly, I'm dying for some affection, right? Especially in the midst of COVID, that I really needed somebody to touch me. And this is, you know, for me, I don't judge one night stands, but to me, it's like fast food. It just, it, it might scratch an itch, but it doesn't really satisfy. It's not my thing. So for me, there would be some regret, like, why am I doing this? And here, help me. Like, I'm not doing what I want. I, I want love and I want a happy, healthy satisfying you know sexy life but so I think from that because I don't think my kids want to know too too much so and, you preface that though by saying like with your friends you probably wouldn't say you probably just admit like you, I don't know I think with you would say oh I had this one night stand and you don't have to explain yourself but your kids you seem to have to want to like there seems to be an explain explanatory so it, it's not the most I, frank conversation you could have about with sex in regards to that, I think. Well, no, because actually I would preface it with my friends too. Because the fact is, so I don't just see sex as, quote, sex, as just, I don't see it as a standalone. I, I just don't. To me, it's so much, there's so much more. So there's always more to the conversation, right? That's how our podcast could go. 90 yeah. minutes and something. Because yeah. I want everybody to know the whole thing yeah. and I want to fill it with substance. And I'm not just a quickie. But I'll tell you, and a weird thing, so, you know, I'm, I've got this um, this blowjob class that we're going to be releasing on, on demand, so my one of my daughters is going to help 
product launch it. She's going to be working with me on it. So she had to watch the video. And that was something. And she said there were a couple of times where she had to just close her eyes and stuff because I was like, why? Like, I don't know. But it was fine. She's like, then she reminded me of a couple of personal stories I shared. She's like, I didn't want to hear that, mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. But but still, so no, I think I'm remarkably frank. I agree. I think of kids. anyone I've ever met, especially with, specifically with their children. And it's a good thing, I think. It's, yeah. It, they just, you are very open. But they just don't want to know everything yeah but they know they can ask me anything how's that if they want to know they can know i'm not hiding things oh, I'm because not, of I'm me not, you're not yeah. on trial or indicted. Think, i'm just wondering yeah, no, no. what that where in terms of from where i brought yeah my perspective what yeah. what you thought about it but anyways yeah. what are you what are you going to be like aaron yeah. <laughs> i don't know and i don't i mean do I'm, you talk to your parents about sex no i'm a grown man no i, mean, I, I don't know i would never do that and you wouldn't ask your dad, though, right? No. Grown men don't ask their fathers, who really should be ones, you know, teaching. Like, they've been there, done that sort of thing, right? Isn't that a strange no. reaction? Because if somebody said, oh, professionally, if you had questions, and like, if you were an engineer and your dad was an engineer, you'd be like, of course, you'd ask your dad. But married guy to a married guy, it's like, no, I don't ask him about that. <laughs> no. I mean, because I, that goes back to the male hubris of everything, of, I mean... Well, now it doesn't matter because we have smartphones, but back in the 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, what was the joke? Babe, we should look at a map. No, I know where I'm going. Oh, yeah. We're in the middle of Route 66 in the middle of nowhere. You don't know where... I know where I'm going. Don't worry about it. I've got a sense of direction. It's all up here. <laughs> and that that that's just the way men are. There is no... I mean... Yeah, to the I need detriment to ask of questions all. of people. And I, that's what it goes back to to me is uh-huh. you want... Especially in front of... Because guys are especially going to make fun of you whether like and it's never a, a mean i don't like you thing but you're gonna catch flack for it the rest of your life with your guy friends if you go and sit down with them and be like i don't know how to do that that you're gonna get made fun of yeah but, the, and but it, the, it's gonna come back and haunt you yeah and and that's why though it's so funny because when i was doing the show um on espn right and i did i would say oh men don't even they don't even ask directions right so who are they gonna ask about sex so my approach is i just talk and they listen that's so surprising to me that men like you're like what you had just said about you and your friends and like not being able to to have a conversation with them have we had conversations about sex yes but do we have i ever had a guy friend sit down and just ask me or me ask them hey I'm not good at this. No. No. Now... Well, maybe don't preface it with, I'm not good at this, but like, hey, have you ever like tried this? Or like, what do you think about this? Yeah, or what would you do? Have you ever usually comes as like a, like, hey, this is what so-and-so and and I got into the other night. Yeah. You should try it with your girlfriend or your wife or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's where it's more going to come up. It's not going to be like a... Hey, do you have any new moves I should try? Like <laughs> nobody's gonna ask. Hey, I, I don't know any. I don't know any guy who think? is gonna ask other guys for it. Hey, what's a good sexual move I should start trying? Because it's it would be so really? good for everybody That's if they so did though. No, but it really. I mean, I mean to to quote Joe Rogan, it wouldn't because every woman is different. So and Joe Rogan had a joke about it the best. You're gonna say you're in a relationship with one girl and she's gonna tell you, okay. The second before I come, I need you to smack my ankles together as hard as I can so the bones hit and that's going to make me go. And then you break up with her and you go on to the next girl and right before she gets there as she's moaning, you smash her ankles together. And she goes, what the fuck is wrong with you? You ruined it. And you go, well, that's what I thought women like. No, every single woman is a different safe that requires a different combination. Okay, that's No true. woman likes <laughs> that, by the way. Please don't ever try oh, that. Oh, I bet we could find horrible, someone. Horrible, Have you never heard of Rule 34? No, no. what's Rule 34? Nobody, if there's something out there in this world, somebody likes oh, it sexually. Oh, Here's, yes. Okay. That I believe. I just have never heard it called that. But Is that from the Bible? No. <laughs> no the, the Bible according to Reddit. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. But, but it may, you're right that it's not that it's everyone. But the fact is, is that then there's lessons to be learned from, okay, why and what? And at least then the next time, you know, wait, maybe I should ask this new woman. Wait, this is what I know. Um, do any of these things but sound good to you or what is, you know, what? And and we become more aware and can do different things, at least if we talk and we think. But see, that's but, why, and I mean, this is going to dovetail into what I was bringing to the table, but I would much rather ask the woman I'm with 
and have the conversation about it than ask a guy and be like, hey, what what tips do you have? I would much rather get it straight from the horse's mouth because there's nothing I'm going to screw up if you give me a roadmap on how to get there. Okay, that's true. But then you don't know what to bring up unless you hear all of these other things, right? You have no idea. Like, I didn't know that people could actually really use whips or chains. We didn't know this sort of particular vibrator existed. Don't people don't know? They talk also, about cock rings all the like time. They don't know what they do. Straight so, Google Maps to whatever I wanted, and you'd still get it wrong. Some guys would still get it wrong. Like I think that there is number one. Like you have to try it out. Like experience is key. Like if you're going to be yeah. trying something new, but well, I yeah, totally, it's a practice thing. I totally agree with you. I think that you're always it's always going to be better if you do it with your partner like if you ask your partner but i don't think that there's anything wrong with like going out with your girlfriends or your guy friends and being like hey like i'm not i don't know if i'm getting this if i'm doing it wrong like are you doing this the same way i am like what's the deal like or something like that you know for example women one conversation among women might be that oh my guy really likes it when i put his when, when I put my finger up his butt or my guy asked me if I put my, my finger up his butt, have you experienced that? Or do you, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah and stuff, right? Well, so then if you're a woman who's never done that and your partner hasn't said it, it never occurred to you to say to your partner, hey, do you want me to put my finger in your butt? But if you go home and say, oh, now I heard mm-hmm. about this, by the way, do you want me to? Mm-hmm. You, then you might get an answer, right? So it can start conversations that again, you had no idea about. So if you ask them, I never heard of somebody who wants her ankles slapped together right before orgasm. But as you say, I'm sure there's somebody who does want it. So now I could just, you could ask a partner, hey, is this what you want? Okay, no, that's fine. Just, I just thought of it. I check. So, all right. But I do, do think it adds on. So tell us about the article, yeah. the, the lead in then that you did, Aaron. So yeah. It's perfect. Because yeah, this dovetails, dovetails all together. I mean, this whole conversation is about communication. Uh, Durex paid to have a survey done of a couple thousand people and they found out that one of five people say they never ever discuss sex openly with their partner like what they want issues they're having fantasies they have one out of five will never bring it up at all and that most couples will wait an average of five months into a relationship before they start communicating and being like hey this is what i want this is what i'm enjoying this is what i'm not enjoying kind of thing right it's it's ridiculous right so people who won't bring it up like so can we just imagine what that what sexy looks like to those people right basically in out somebody comes somebody maybe doesn't somebody fakes it whatever and then afterwards they go oh that was great yeah did you enjoy oh yeah that was good right and that's it it right so now i want everybody who's listening i want them to realize that if that's the only conversation you're having my guess is it was not that great i feel like it should be more than one i'm trying to figure it out like i feel like it's more than one in five like i think that this is at all ever oh ever ever. at all in a relationship Uh, maybe one in five right but i think in general every relationship probably experiences some form of like Yes. lack of communication in some regards sexually where like you are maybe you know I don't know if there's a, ever a, that perfect relationship where everything is open and you're totally fine with everything but I do think that like sometimes you may feel judged or you may not like the thing that you're doing maybe is insecurity for yourself maybe you saw or heard somebody else say something about it and so you don't want to admit it to your partner and I think that you know, if you take that study and you break it down, it's definitely applicable to everyone. Like it's it, it, in some regard, at least it, personally to me, I've definitely experienced that probably on both sides where one, I was too scared to admit something or didn't want to, or the other person was, you know, didn't feel there wasn't communication on either end. Yeah. Um, it's, you know. it's shocking. And then the fact that then they wait. So what, um, how many couples, couples wait, will wait about five months before five months into the relationship before they start actively discussing sex, their disguise, their desires, their discomforts, what they like, what they don't like, all kinds of things. Yeah. And notice like discomfort. So here's the funny thing. One in four women experiences painful sex. So women uh, on average then are waiting five months. They're having painful sex for five months before they say something or and, women who are faking or guys who are like, oh, could we do this? Right. Five months, and especially at the beginning of a relationship, 
that's where there's so, a lot. Yeah, of that's sex what I was gonna say. On. Then you're what? in the honeymoon phase, anyways, where yes. you can't keep your hands off each where other. Where do you? So yes. where is that? Like, where does Crazy. that open communication start for y'all? Um, I mean, obviously, I know that you you're married and stuff, but like, let's say like you know when you first met your wife or when you're dating someone like when did that open sexual like communications really start um for you guys or when does it start or when do you want it to start when do you think would be the ideal time because i don't think like i don't know i think do you really think on the first date you really lay all your cards on the table and just like you know fucking tie me to the bed choke me and i i I don't know like i feel like there's a line a little bit well but i start it right as as a solo person and searching and stuff i do actually start the conversation about sexy on the first day in part because this is what i do and if right that's hard too i think it scares off a lot that's got to be very intimidating right i think it intimidates a lot of people and i can't do anything about it right it's just but this is who i am and um, but and for people I, like listeners, what would you recommend in terms of what do you guys, so what do you I, think our listeners would benefit from? Okay, well, hold from? on. I'll tell you what I think. But uh, but Aaron, um, do you want to share like how did it come about for you in your relationship or anything? I don't remember an exact like point into the relationship where we started talking about it more. But I feel like, well, I mean, my wife and I had known each other since we were kids. So we were friends all the way up until we started dating and communication has always been there for us. So there was never any issue of like, oh, I'm going to look stupid. Like the two of us never had that issue of, am I going to look stupid in front of this person? At least she's never told me that. Mm -hmm. And we've always been able to communicate. Now, were we always communicating from the time we started having sex? No, but it maybe a couple months in, we started talking about more in detail. Yeah. Because I think what happens sometimes is that the better you know someone, mm-hmm. I say the more invested you are in the relationship, sometimes the harder it is oh. to bring up the the difficult conversations, See, I say, right? Yeah, I was going to think, I thought because, maybe the opposite. Like the more friends you are with someone, the easier it may be to like bring those conversations up, the more comfortable oh, you feel. Only if you know that they that they will like it. So in other words, the more mainstream your desires and stuff are, probably then the easier it is to bring it up but if there's something like like for me right I waited 10 years into my marriage to ask my husband to spank me 10 years right because that was so weird and I was so worried and I was worried about being judged and didn't and didn't know what to do with it and I wasn't comfortable with wanting it it didn't make sense I you know whatever so um I think that we get afraid of rocking the boat that we think oh they see us a certain way and that's good. And they don't want to see us a different way. And maybe sometimes because we're afraid to see ourselves a different way because we're also conflicted, right? What if yeah. it's, what if you had wanted to, to spank your wife, right? You might've been like, oh, she'll think I want to hurt her. I don't want to hurt her. I love her. And I've been taught never, ever, ever hit a girl. So I never want to do that. And she'll think I'm a monster or she'll think I'm a perv or she'll think I'm crazy. Um, or maybe you want her to spank you and she'll think I'm weak or she'll think I'm like that I'm I'm something or whatever. And but don't so you think I don't that if you can't have that conversation as a friend, then you pro- you're right. You're probably not going to have that conversation as in. Do you think it changes? Like once someone becomes sexually involved with their friend, let's say that that maybe that door becomes closed. Maybe then you're not as willing to that. Maybe when you were friends, you would be willing to talk about that. But when you're sexually involved, you wouldn't. Yes, because it becomes um, when you're just friends, our friends can do something separate from us. But when you are engaged, especially in a monogamous relationship, um, but even if it's open and you want to do something different, right? The other person's life and, and everything is affected by it. So if you're in a, a relationship with someone and they say, oh, I want to have a third, I want to bring somebody else in, or I want to go explore something. You're like, oh, wait, well, do I have to worry about STIs? Do I, you right. know, all this stuff. So it becomes very personal and intimate. And like I said, and we become more invested in, oh, this is who we think they are. And so with uh, people having affairs, that's what we find is that people will go out and they will be this whole alter ego. They'll just let loose and their, their spouses have no idea who this person was. And, um, and one of the best examples, a, a real life example of this I ever heard was about an older gentleman, probably in his sixties and stuff who really, really, really wanted a new um, convertible car, really, really wanted to ride his convertible car with a topless woman. And, 
he was about ready to get divorced after however 40 years of marriage or something and he told one of his friends and his friend was like did you ask your wife like she's refusing to do this and the guy's like no i didn't ask her she would never do that it was like crazy you're gonna get divorced before you actually ask for what you want and Wait, the guy he was finally get divorced because that's what he wanted because, because of yeah. that one reason well because probably is what this he anecdotal wanted. or is this no this real? is true this is real tr- this is truth and to be fair right it wasn't just riding topless in the car, but what he was saying was he wanted to have sexy fun. So he it is wanted to have a little bit ad- right. adventure. What it's anecdotal in that way. He, he wanted. He didn't think his wife was adventurous enough, even without. Do, would, but he didn't actually know if she was that adventurous or not. That's exactly. He had no idea, and he was too embarrassed to tell her that he wanted this adventure. He'd rather get divorced and then find somebody else. Well, and, and instead, frankly, he did. He finally, with his friend's encouragement, he asked his wife. And they started riding topless in the car, and life is good. And I mean, you being a divorce lawyer, you probably have seen it that divorce this <laughs> those kind of things stem from like when you have something that you want to do. If you're too afraid to ask, then in the back of your mind, it starts to build resentment because your mind has convinced you that she would never do that. And then there's also that little voice that's going, "Yeah, she would never do that because she doesn't love you enough, because she doesn't care about you, because she doesn't put you." far enough she because you're not the number one priority so then you listen to that stupid little voice and it starts building resentment it's just like when you're in a regular fight over doing the dishes hey i expected you to do the dishes yeah sorry things got carried away and then if you don't again it's all communication if you don't communicate what you're thinking how you're feeling that when you're the one who's affected you you start building that resentment until it blows up and boils over and same thing i think that's how a lot of these relationships go in because you can be five months into a relationship with somebody call it break call it quits on the sixth month yeah it just because your most couples are waiting five months in doesn't mean anything yeah. five months isn't a very long relationship i mean i say that it's it's not but it sets up really bad habits right because then you're five months six months in and and somebody says oh you know what by the way i've been faking those orgasms or you know what you really your kisses don't excite me do you know how many people are not good kissers, right? That's just such a horrible waste. And it's so sad. So we don't want to do it because later on in the study and stuff, I saw Aaron because I read the article you sent. And it was like um, uh, a quarter of the people who don't feel comfortable talking about sex, they're not talking because they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Like they'd rather put up with so, so sexy or painful sexy or whatever it is rather then take the chance of hurting somebody's feelings. And that's ridiculous because we should have enough respect for people to be like, you know what? I know that if you're not doing something as well as I'd like, I have confidence that if you try, you could. If you knew that it wasn't enough, you would improve. And So when you know. do you recommend? Back to my original question. Oh, when so, do you, What do you guys think? So I think particularly, again, because I see so many clients and everything that um, – that are starting new after having already come out from a painful, because divorce pretty much is always painful, breakup or divorce or whatever. I think these conversations actually should start the first date. And it doesn't have to be explicit. Like, okay, I want you to, you know, kiss here and lick mm-hmm. here and stroke. It doesn't have to be the, the maps that you were saying. But it does have to be about the importance of intimacy. How comfortable are you? Like, do you when you're looking for a, a relationship and stuff, um, you know, are you more concerned with going out and what you're wearing rather than what you're taking off? Are you, um, do you love to touch and kiss? Do you, do you feel like in your previous relationships that sex was like an obligation? Oh my God, this guilty is, these are stuff. questions so, I will be honest, I would never have on a first date. I'm, I'm well, not going to lie to you. Like, I think right, that, so that no, no, is, no, these but, are so much more intimate than I think any first date I've the the ability that I like how I would allow myself to communicate on a first date okay but you might just be like oh if so there's a difference between sort of first dates thinking about just hookups right versus no 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 I'm not thinking about a hookup I'm thinking about like a legitimate first date like so then it would be like oh you know what do you do and how what do you like to do and you know and stuff and um but that's usually like oh i play hockey and you know paint or something okay Not so, like a, so when I, you go to the next level besides superficial what's the the next level of, of like connection on a first date for you um 
well, definitely, I would say intellect, similar backgrounds, um, like similar hobbies, um, where they are in their life, like what they like. I want a deeper level. What are they looking for? What are they? Okay, so for example, let's just say so travel because I know like you know I like to travel. You like to travel and stuff. So if somebody's like, oh yeah, I really. I love to travel, right? I'm adventurous. Because if somebody doesn't have a passport and stuff, that's probably, there are people like that and stuff. And you want somebody else who's kind of like that. But so then it could be like, oh, okay. So, well, when you went to Paris, oh, that's such a romantic city. Did you really enjoy it? Well, if they're like, oh, no, we were in bed by nine o'clock and we were up at 5 a.m. and we just ran, right? Right. I'm, okay, I'm so getting a good sense already, yeah. right? That that, that intimacy, a though, right? By gauging someone like the, those things from questions you may ask then openly talking about them perhaps on a first date like gauging like how, oh this guy right. isn't a romantic like he doesn't ever didn't seem like he really took advantage of like romantic Paris versus well, you know me. right but it's the same thing when you're gauging intellect you're not saying okay can you show me your IQ scores right true 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 right when you talk about background uh, Beth, oh, you're what blowing kind of- my mind right now <laughs> So I just, I do think it's important to say, oh, what was your favorite part of that vacation? Mm-hmm. And if they say, oh, we just had these nights and we had wine and then we went back to the room. And I mean, sometimes we didn't get out of bed until noon. That gives you a sense. But then I'm also like, why the hell is he talking about his ex like that? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, well, but there should be something, even if they're stopping themselves from talking about it, right? Which could be fine. Yeah. But it could be, you know, what was the happiest thing and something? And, you know, um, and I ask people, I do ask people, what was the best part of your last relationship? What did you like? Because that tells a lot you about ask, people. You asked on a first date, do you ask that? Yeah. Interesting. I don't know how to do Maybe small I need to go well. on a first date with an earpiece in my ear and then you can ask, tell me what to say. Oh, yeah. We could do like, there were movies like this, right? <laughs> every <laughs> movie, <laughs> every TV show. They've all tried it. <laughs> we, should, we should totally do that. Maybe you should just listen to some of my first dates and then be like, oh my gosh crazy but um anyway but i do think somehow there has to be a way to start these conversations and to get across that you know what i really what do i want i want someone who wants to travel i want Mm -hmm. somebody who wants to have a really great conversation with me i want somebody who wants to touch me a lot i want to snuggle i want it to be passionate communication is key passion yeah so i think these are important things so um and that's oh sorry so the last thing though on the um or at least that I want to make sure that on that study too, it says that people tend to, um, they tend to really have a hard time talking about masturbation, which, you know, I prefer self-pleasure. Masturbation just doesn't sound Why? good. Because self-pleasure sounds so much more loving and fun and masturbation just sounds clinical and not very exciting. I just don't like it. It's like vagina and penis. Um, I don't like those words. I, I, I mean, they're fine. They're just clinical. They're removed. And I prefer warmth. Interesting. Yeah. And the words we use, right, change, change our feelings. They change mm-hmm. the image. They, they change our senses and stuff. So that's why I like pussy and cock and tushy and boobs and spooge. Spooge for ejaculate or spooge for drool. You know, whatever. Spooge for any kind of <laughs> liquid that just comes out. So and um, anyway, and then so 27% had trouble talking about masturbation um, 17% are afraid to talk about sexy toys, passion props. That is, and I see clients all the time that struggle with that. Um, and then discussing pornography, which again, that's a huge thing because Aaron, as you said, everybody's got a phone, right? Everybody's got access to porn all the damn time these yep. days. Yeah. How often do you think guys are using porn even at work? Oh, that would be. I would bet every dollar I've ever made or ever will Wait, make I, that there are well, guys that are doing that. Like, oh, at my work? Well, okay, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get anybody yeah, in trouble. Yeah, yeah, but obviously. you think it's kind of routine? Oh, I think there's plenty of guys who probably have. Yeah. See, and I think as women, we don't. I don't know that we really think about using that at work so much. Um, do you, Nina? Uh, mm. I don't, I don't know. I think that it would be like watching porn at work. Yeah. I've never done it, but I wouldn't have any issue if there was like a, I don't see any reason to like, what's the reason that you would watch porn at work? If I wanted to like, if I wanted to get off, like I would do it when I was home. Yeah. I know the appropriate spaces that like where 
it like I think I can gauge that and like I don't think that like at work just in terms of like jeopardizing the job and the the fact that like I would get caught and that does not turn me on like the yeah the fear factor yeah, is not it that fear but, factor is yeah. just fear but I don't think women just I think we kind of think like that we're more if we're kind of teased or tantalized or something during the day then it just is happening but I don't think women I know are usually looking to stimulate that during the day but sometimes men I don't know oh I mean I so we're gonna pick this up also next week because I also found some very interesting things oh good okay but I would think that more women would be willing to do it than men because as a guy I don't want to watch porn at work because there's nothing I can do about it I don't. Yeah, like, that's what I'm well, saying. You too, can. Actually. Oh, I know. I know men who go into the bathrooms and jerk yeah, off I wouldn't in the bathroom. Do that in the ba- okay, Beth, I feel like you definitely have to gauge where you work. Like, right? I, I don't know about masturbating. not even that. Just oh, like that doesn't that doesn't sound like a fun thing at all. Well, okay, <laughs> like, so maybe it's not ideal, but I do know, and maybe this is it. Maybe these are people that don't feel that they have. These the are probably people who don't have the ability to do it at home. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want to get yeah. walked in on or right. they, their and, significant other looks mm-hmm, down on them watching mm-hmm. porn. Right. So they find and that, that they have to do it at work. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's and I different. Think, yeah. But as, like, yeah, because I know very successful. I'm a married successful. guy. My wife knows that I do jack Ooh. off from time to time. And there's never a, it hasn't struck me that, oh God, I need to do this at work because I couldn't do it at home. I. That's so funny. So I know most women like, they're like, oh, I don't think he does, or I don't know when he does that. No Do you tell way. your wife? That is absolutely not. Like, that cannot be true. That women believe that guy. Like, I think that's such a farce. No, no they women- might know. Like, they know intellectually that, oh, probably they do, but they certainly don't know when, right? It's not something that they accept. That's not something they address. Um, so maybe if he's traveling, you know what I mean? It goes unspoken. And so they're like, oh, I, I don't know. And I don't, I don't know. I don't, I guess maybe he does. But that, because I promise you, I talk to people all the damn time. Thousands of people in the past four years. Yeah, I mean, and you have a much- they I mean, just, it's quiet. I can understand that. But I also think it's different because like as a guy, would I want to know when my wife or girlfriend or whatever was, or would yeah. I like to know that she did? Yes, because that paints a really cool picture or a really beautiful picture in my head. Women, I'm sorry, but guys, no woman, I don't think women would, most women would want to watch a guy jack off and be like, that's awesome. I want to watch it. That gets me hot. No, I don't think that, I think most women would be I like, would yeah, guys are goofy Actually, looking to begin with. We've had this, com- I've had this conversation with someone before and that's not true. Like it does turn women on a lot. Like you can turn women on. Okay. Like it's well, not, for them. it's not, yeah. I, I think sometimes for women too, there's, Again, because I, I, Nina's in her 20s and something, right? But I'm dealing with people generally in their 30s and up. And so for married, partnered women with a male partner, I tell them sometimes if men are able and willing to deal with their orgasm on their own, then they're relieved of the obligation of doing it. And so then in some ways, it's kind of like, oh, wait, he's he's having fun. I want to have fun. So in some ways, it can turn them on. And because now they're free to want something instead of feeling like, oh, well, I should be doing this. You know, he really wants me to be having mm-hmm. sexy with him and I don't want to. And then it's like resentment. Or stuff, watching so. your partner get off while you get off. I feel like yes. that's a big one. Mutual, like that's mutual different. masturbation. See, mutual that's a different story. Really? But I feel like if you're I, again, I don't have ovaries. I'm not a woman, so I don't know if a woman came home and was like, hey, you're home from work earlier than I am. How was your day? Oh, it was great. Had this meeting at the office, got this done, went here for lunch, came home, rubbed one out before you got home, and now I'm getting ready to cook dinner. I don't know if that paints the same image as if a guy were to get home or walk in from like going out and playing golf or doing something like that and be like, hey, babe, what'd you, what'd you do while I was gone? Oh, well, I played with myself. Guy's going to go, awesome, because you painted a beautiful picture in my head. I don't know if there's... If the converse is as attractive. 
Yeah. Well, well maybe it's also like vernacular. Like rub one out versus like played with yourself. Like I feel like even like the way that you describe it. Yes. Well, because men are more vulgar, vulgar with the way they talk. Sure. About exactly. So I'm saying it's like vernacular. So like if you had said like oh, that's women do things. Do women do absolutely. all these things better? Oh, no, like no, no, that's no. why. No, 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 no. Not absolutely. No. Women do men things just dim- dismiss. They demean the act of self pleasuring to make it like it's nothing. Like it's no big deal. But I'm sorry. If men, if any given man has a choice between rubbing one out and having a sexy like fantasy and really totally enjoying it with a partner or without, all of them would take the fullness. They don't, nobody just aspires to just rub one out. That's, that's come on. <laughs> no, no but I, you just settle for that. Well, so, yeah, but yeah, it's like, oh, I don't want to make it like it's a big deal, but so I just put it there. I but I'm it, just saying guys are more task oriented. So if it comes up and you're, you're sitting there and you're like, well, I'm horny. Okay, I'm going to do this real quick and then I'm going to move on to the next task. It becomes a task-oriented thing. Like, a, right. hey, I have to, when you wake up on a Saturday oh. morning, I have to mow the lawn, I have to clean out the garage, I have to wash the car. Women hey, in between. are so task-oriented when it comes to fucking masturbation. I will not. There yes. are certain days fucking, where to, fu- to fucking, fucking their whatever, partner. That's the, the obligation. for sure. Like, yes. Saturdays and Sundays, like, I, you can ask my roommate. She'll be like, how was your morning? What'd you do? I'll be like, well, got up, fucking got off, had a cup of coffee. And like, this is like, why I love it's her. like, yeah, it is. It's like checking off a list. Like, I feel like I can't do if I'm really fucking horny. Like there is nothing else that I'm going to be able to do really until I get off. Like, and then I'll be like, clear head, full hearts. Can't leave the room. Uh, but like. You know, I think it's 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 also the same with women. Not maybe not all women for sure, but specifically for me, I can say that I think that it's in many instances like it would be equivocal to ta- like a task, like something that like I just I not that I just want to get through this, but like I'm right. super horny and like I don't want to do anything else but right now. And is I have there the a time. difference between when you're super horny and hey, I need I I got to get this out versus you start feeling that that tingle and you're like yeah why not and then you'll take your time to build it up sure yeah i don't know time i don't know guys that will well again we don't talk about this stuff but as a guy i would do the whole like oh i'm gonna take a really long time to build it i'm just gonna (gasps) oh believe me i know men like and the men who do that are much happier right but there are so many men who are still fighting shame or just embarrassment about it and then it becomes very okay let me just get this over with and i don't want to talk about it too much i don't want to think about it because because they don't have the sense of pride of doing anything like that that masturbation is really something meaningful mm-hmm. and i would argue that self pleasure quote self love is absolutely incredibly meaningful and it should be. And sometimes we just have to, like, sometimes you have to just brush your teeth and be done. Sometimes you actually want to take care and be like, oh, yeah, did I get this spot, right? I want to floss. I want to take care. Um, it should, self-pleasure should matter. Mm-hmm. And the more creative you get in your fantasy, because here, now, I'll, you said, okay, you if no woman wants to hear that, oh, I just rubbed one out. Well, so let me reframe. So your wife walks in the door and, you, and says, oh, what'd you do? And you're like, oh, I did this and mowed the lawn and whatever. Oh, and then I took half an hour and I pay, played my favorite highlight reel of you. And you know what some of those clips were? Oh, my God. I thought about you doing da-da-da. I thought about that time that we fucked in the car over there. And I had the most amazing, incredible orgasm to thinking of you and our time together. If you don't think that would turn her on, like, you're crazy. That's actually really interesting. And I've always wondered that about men specifically. Like, I'm so happy we're talking about this because, like, I can totally relate to that. Like, there are certain instances where I, like, in the past specifically, like, there are ways that I would get myself off that were just, like, so boring and, like, it did the job, but it was, like, it wasn't fun. It, it like, and, the, and right. like, when I came, it was just, like, whatever. And then right. I could do it. But then, like, I learned how to, like, basically, like, how to pleasure myself where, like, it's awesome. Like, it's yes. really good. And Yay. I don't think about, like, I don't, you know watch anything sleazy like i i can do it myself now and be in my own head and like really get myself off and i'm like and from, be in your body right yeah, that's the difference you're in your head and your body sure. at the same time and that's where the magic is sure. instead of it just trying to be something and not saying that like there are certain times where like i only have 10 minutes and i'm super horny and sometimes i'll just like watch porn and like get off that's fine you can do that too 
Right. There's no, there's no judgment. But really the greatest orgasm, one are the ones, like the ones I give for myself are the ones where like I'm in my own head, I know my own body, I have the time. Two are the actually like the ones where like after I've like come the second time, like those for me are always like the best orgasms. But, but for guys, like I'm really interested, like guys, like is it, all the same is it just you kind of do it and like you, you or do you like have those experiences where like some are you know just quick and you get it out of the way and then some are like you take like you you know how to really like fucking get yourself off the best way possible i mean every guy knows how to do it better than and that's I mean, almost every guy. Just heads up, there are yeah. men who still right struggle so much that they really can't get themselves off. You too, it just happens, right? Well, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm talking but, about in the group yeah. that do get themselves off, right? Like, is there? Are there different levels of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, definitely. Saying, you know, yeah. at least from my perspective. Yeah, yeah. And so. and I would say so. I know from my experience, the the men I know who are really when they're committed to being a good lover for somebody else. They're a good lover to themselves, right? They, if they are not willing to sort of give themselves some space and women too, to set up and to really sort of um, pay attention to what's going on and what they're thinking about and what feels good and stuff. Um, if they're not willing to do it themselves, they're usually not that great at being willing to do it for a partner, right? Because, because our values are our values, the way that we live our lives, typically, if we're sloppy in one area, we're generally, you know, we might be neater at work than we are. We, we can try harder sometimes. But if we're not willing to take any chances at home, we probably don't take very many chances at work. If we don't take very many chances at home and work, we probably don't take many chances in sexy. So if we're uncomfortable, if we're not really willing to tune into our heads, to our bodies, to whatever's going on and, and to own it, it's really hard to then change that with the partner and be more open. There are very few people who are really much more open with a partner than they are on their own. Yeah. Interesting. So I think, uh, I think wow. that, what so, I know, I'm just like I mean, this is such a great topic and something that I've really always not thought about a lot. This is not like a daily musing, but I do think about how, like I think that now that you've brought it up, there are different ways to get yourself off the gendered idea of it. Like, does it is it the same for men? Is it the same for all women? Is it, you know, how do other women, you know? And we'd love to hear from you guys. Like, how do you guys? In what ways do you differentiate, or do you differentiate? You know, men and women. Do you guys, you know, take the time? Do you yeah. differentiate based on what? factors is it you know is it goal oriented just always just to get to the oh do you even right because women we could just touch our clits and totally ignore our boobs we could ignore Mm -hmm. the rest of our bodies um and how does it affect your partner and all that so whatever you know send us questions send us your responses we'd love to hear it and i'll tell you actually so for men though one of the benefits for um we're used to hearing well lately right that women if we don't self-pleasure then we really it's harder for us to express to a partner because we do climax all different ways guys basically you go up down up down sooner or later they're gonna come but women it up down just doesn't do it so if we don't know then it's harder for us to communicate and to let a partner know but men there's so many men who are worried that they come too fast or they come too slow and one of the greatest ways for them to work on that is again to edge themselves, to be in control of their own and is to self-pleasure and to recognize, okay, well, if I touch myself on the taint area, right, then that that leads to an orgasm. If I pinch my nipples, oh my goodness, that gets me to an orgasm. If I take my, if I do a little bit less pressure at this moment, then I'm not as likely to orgasm. If I'm all built up and then I stop and I don't move for a minute or two, then I can get my orgasm back under control. Mm -hmm. So all of these different ways means that, again, they become a better lover because they're more attuned and aware of their own body and their functions and what is going to to trigger them one way or the other. We definitely need to talk about edging in another podcast, like a whole segment on it, because I have so many questions about it and so many, like, just... Yeah. I want to know more. Yeah. And well, edging you're is the person to talk to. so much fun. So, yeah. yeah, but that's the thing. So, but again, yeah, so it just all comes down to communication. 
<laughs> to end exploration, adventure, mm-hmm. willingness, self-love, self-love, yes, physical and emotional, yes, and appreciation and and respect for what we're doing, right? Versus mm-hmm. just rubbing one out sometimes totally good that's like raunchy like wham bam hey, thank you ma'am I, i'm totally all about sometimes I that's exactly that's yeah. what i'm saying sometimes that's perfect and then we should celebrate it for what it is and recognize but again there's so many other different ways right and each each one so that's yeah, yeah. kind of it but all right all right so how do yeah, we want to wrap up the show do we want to okay so I've i want so, so who wants I, and I'm so impressed with you. I love that you are so comfortable already. I am, God, I could never have been like that, right? I, and I wanted to. I really have always wanted to be this open about sexy, and I couldn't. I didn't know how. And I admire that you found it on your way. All of and us, I appreciate it. I so, think. yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's right. Nice. Especially Aaron, because he's so conservative yeah, and stuff. You're going to become like and, my male resident, like, I know. Question box. I'm well, going to sling you questions about guys. Right. And, and the fact is, like, women, though, right? And Nina, you want to find a guy like Aaron. Yeah. Right? Who is loving, who is smart, who is successful, oh, well, respectful, and still yeah, adventurous. Who, but who I can also she ask didn't questions find to. It, babe. That, that Don't too. worry about it. <laughs> what? I'm assuring my wife, who's going to listen to this later, and go, "Well, yeah, but I already found him." Oh so no, right? She did. She yeah. did good. But yeah. this is the thing. But that's why I'm saying it's a good example because we sometimes think that conservative people, or married people, or monogamous people, or whatever kind of people, you know, only do certain things and only missionary and whatever. But no, the fact is, is that you can live whatever kind of life you want. You can have what looks like a very traditional marriage and still have great crazy wonderful exciting sexy passionate fun together within that and and that's what people need to know the same way you could be totally religious and spiritual and faithful and have a wild crazy sexy time with your partner um and you can be single and and open outspoken and not want to have sexy with anybody but yourself so all of these all of these that's right right so don't don't think you have to be pigeonholed is kind of what it is and just because you're married stuff. all right so i suggest that we close because we like the idea of like confessional and stuff and um so you want to share your um your your masturbation god see that that word doesn't even turn me it just embarrasses me it makes me cringe so but but still so share your masturbation self-pleasure self-love story i have such uh, I already know that the, someone in this room is not going to like this story. Well, not going to like this story, but but we've talked about. This There's somebody before. else in the room, by the yeah. way, listeners. Just <laughs> FYI, the roommate is here. Yeah, so, but, yeah. um, you want to go first then? Yeah, but I feel like this is also a lot longer of a topic. So I don't know if I want to discuss this today, but it does. It's totally anecdotal to like what, and totally <laughs> applicable to what we've been talking about today. But. And I'm obviously not advocating, like, first and foremost, you have to be old enough to explore, like, you have to be comfortable being old enough to explore your body. And, like, I just want to preface this, that we were fairly young, um, and this is, like, personal experience to me, but at least with the group of people I kind of grew up with, and I've heard this from other people, so it's not only me specifically between girls who are younger age, there was a lot of masturbation and sexual exploration between girls, specifically, like, I'm not going to say I didn't do it, their friends and, and myself or other people, and we saw it around this. And it was fairly looking back... um pretty adult like I'm not I don't and I think we were fairly young and I don't know if we really realized what was going on but um I had this conversation in the summer with someone else and they said the same thing someone in a who grew up totally different place I did and she was saying the same thing that this kind of also happened in her group of girlfriends where when they were younger they really started to explore and masturbate with other girls and they were exploring their bodies with other girls and they were doing it in front of other girls and I can honestly say like I can't believe I'm saying this I have really really good friends to this day who I explored with and masturbated and uh, pleasured who are still very close and we are not sexually attracted to each other at all. Any like it, like I would not like 
Okay, so, just let me finish. And we're still really good friends. And though that is, it, I think about this a lot. Like, how does does that idea of like masturbation in a, in that circle, and how did that kind of shape the way that? we explored ourselves sexually later in life and did it like teach us anything was it good was it bad did other people freaking do it or we were just like crazy sex cult kids like what was going on okay so so i think that is a great i just made note because just like edging we need to come back to that topic we absolutely need to come back to that because no you're not alone and i will just preface it by saying it can be summed up the difference between sexy and sensual right because as young kids we're all about sensual people want to be touched and we want to be pleasured and we don't understand sex Mm -hmm. is context Mm -hmm. so i think it's beautiful and really it's tremendous right it's the same reason people play show and tell it's the same reason people play touch me when they're you know five years old again they don't know sexy they're just like oh look wait this feels good yes i like it it's the feelings it's feelings and it's so healthy and natural and really it should be appreciated. Mm-hmm. And sexy, like you said, you don't have a sexual relationship because that wasn't what you were doing. Yeah. It was sensual. Yeah. So I think that's good. And I, I appreciate you sharing that because I promise you, you're conflicted about this, right? And you're so open. There's so many other people out there and we do need to talk yeah. because I'll tell you. So I learned how, I don't think I knew the term masturbation. I didn't know what it was, but I learned from a friend. I was like five years old. And my friend at a sleepover said, oh, if you do this, it feels good. And she was right. I started, she's like, put your hands there and rub and it feels good. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I feel like every girl has like a similar story right. of how they learn to like. Exactly. You know, like and, and then we had girls them. that played like scratch yeah. your back and stuff. And I was like, oh, please touch <gasps> oh me because I wasn't getting touched. Or like. Yes, there's all sorts of stuff. Yes. So that we need to do a whole show about this because yes, right. And once we realize it's like, oh God, this is it. And it's so cool. And so don't feel bad. But yeah, so that's how I learned to masturbate. And I'll tell you, I didn't understand it. I didn't know what it was. But one time I was at a sleepover and by then I was like a teenager and I was breathing funny and somebody in the room was like, what are you doing? And oh my I, God. And I stopped like, yeah, I didn't realize it and stuff, but that's when I realized maybe this was embarrassing, right? And and I was shamed. And she, yeah. so I have my roommate in here. She used to, I don't know if I did or not, but she used to always call me out at summer camp for masturbating in the bunks. She always used to, she always thought I used to do it in the bunks. She's like, wow. But I, I don't think I was. I would be honest if I was. I think I was just breathing really heavily. But we, on, on top of that, we did have girls at summer camp who did masturbate in our bunk. And Everybody does. I know. Ooh. And it was just embarrassing. And we shouldn't be mean to each other and call each other out. So because well, at anyway. 14, it's a lot. It's a lot less, you know, you're not as mature. (laughs) I know, but those scars stay with us. All right, Aaron, what about you? I mean, what do you want me confessing about masturbating? Anything? Like, did you ever get uh, caught? Did you get embarrassed? What did you do? Like, I never even thought about the fact, because I'm a girl, as a boy, like, you have spooge, right? When I come, I don't squirt. There are women who do, but I don't squirt, so there was no mess or anything to clean up. But as a boy, how did you hide that from your mom and, and your parents and stuff? Like... I mean, just in the shower. I get when I figure I, I don't know the first time I did, but if I had to guess from my younger or my teenage years, I was in the bathroom, so it was probably like there was. I mean, there's always toilet paper in a bathroom, so now everybody has the same joke that you know, as a teenager, guys jack off into like a sock or anything like that. I never did that because that just seemed weird to me, like that, but. When I did, yeah, I guess I would just come on my hand and then get toilet paper and wash it off in the sink and, and it or jump go, in the shower and be fine. But it didn't squirt all over the room? Like, I, you know, I picture it squirting, you know. Five, no, it's I not like know. a super soaker in my pants. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I mean, don't know. I don't know if I could do, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get into some distance contest here. Oh, I know one of my sexy trivia questions is about how far ejaculate goes. But anyway, so. That, how far does it go? I kind of forget because, you know, I remember the questions. I forget the answers, but like many feet. Is there a Guinness so. World Record? Yes, yes, yes. No I'll way. Find, I'll find those. Yes, no yes, yes. way. Yes. Okay, well, so we can fun. talk about that next time. Next time, right? There's so much, but, but yeah, we... I didn't think of that. And now I think, oh, I, maybe I should have given my sons, you know, 
you know, something, um, cum cloths or <laughs> socks. I, you know, I don't know, but a whole new business here, folks. Yeah. Shark Tank. I mean, there's a, <laughs> here we come. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm brought back to, uh, Chad Daniels, who's a stand up comedian, talking about, uh, when he was married and his, he had a 13 year old son. And one night it was like, or at their house, there was a point where, he would go, hey, I'm going to do laundry. And his mom was like, oh, I'll do it. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. And she was like, well, I don't want you to break the washer. And he looked at his wife and was like, I don't want you sticking your hands in his stuff. So let him do his laundry. He is now at that age where he needs to start doing his laundry because you don't need to be touching what's left over from the night before. Oh, my God. I Yeah. It's so funny. I just never oblivion. I think I swear so many mothers, we don't think of it. So. But, really? Um, yeah. Oh, damn. Uh, well, yeah, it's very strange. Oh, and you know, at some point also, I'll just close out. I had one mom with a special needs son, an adult son, and she was such a good mom. She came in and she bought him lube and a Playboy. And I thought, you know what? Nobody talks about what you do yeah, when you've got definitely special do a show needs. On yes. special needs. I would right? love to it's maybe really have someone on here. Or yeah. have like, you know, and some... I thought that was really beautiful yeah. to recognize but, and stuff. So. But we really right. do want to hear from you guys. We want to hear what are y'all's funny masturbation stories? Do you guys relate to any of Self-pleasure. ours? Self-pleasure. Sorry, self-pleasure. <laughs> um, I also, also through this podcast, you're going to hear Beth correct me a lot on all my vernacular, my sexual vernacular, which is well, great. It's um, only because master. It but just, I do it think makes, it also helps when it's you terrible. explain why you don't like. Like I always oh, yeah. ask you why you say this or why you don't say that, because Beth always has a reason, I think, for, yeah. you know, for these types of and things. And you can say them, right? Yeah. Just because. I use pussy and cock just because those make you cringe that's okay and then you can say anything so I'm not trying to pretend my words matter I'm just saying if each of us tries to figure out how the words we use uh, affect us then we can pick the words that work so but, but yeah, anyways, yeah. So, so let yeah. us know. Email us. Send us questions. Um, and we'll yeah. be back next and week. Ideas and stories and we'll share yes. them. It's just uh, awesome. Send so. us ideas and we can talk about questions I can ask Beth about. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yes. Ask me. You know, my old my son used to tell his friends, don't ask my mom about sex because she'll tell you and I don't want to listen. <laughs> but now he doesn't have to listen and any of y'all can listen if well, you want to. <laughs> I love it. All right. What have you got to say, Aaron? Uh, well, I was reminded that there was a, uh, a conversation that I found of people's favorite euphemism for masturbating. Oh, yes. So I guess we'll leave it with this. For women, paddling the pink canoe. And for guys, roughing up the suspect. <laughs> so, yeah. Go have fun. Whichever one of those two you're doing, have fun with it. And... Uh, We'll talk to you next week. This will be my yeah, favorite kind of canoe Thanks trip. Thanks for to come with us. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Come With Us podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at Come With Us podcast and send in your questions, comments, and confessions to comewithusconfessions at gmail.com. Until next time, keep it fun, flirty, and naughty. <laughs>